We continue our study of the Gospel of Matthew, and um, today's scripture is Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 24. If you happen to be new either on site or online, um, our choice of passages is not random. We do uh, one story a day um, throughout from Monday, Sunday to Friday. So the weekdays ones are found in a podcast on the website. And then on Sundays, we have a bigger picture where um, we, we learn uh, about Jesus and his teaching and his ministry. So right now, we, listen, we will read Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 24. Let us pray. Father, you sent Jesus to show us the way. But Lord, often the way is difficult. And you allowed Jesus to let his life be in us. You placed your Holy Spirit in us that you enable us to live and to walk this way that he has come to show us. We ask then, Lord, now as we read your word, that you will convict our hearts and turn us to you, that we may find the ability, the strength, the newness of life to follow you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 5, 19-24 Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. About 40 years ago, when I was a teenager, we, our family was living in Chachukang. In those days, in Chachukang, there weren't all these flats and all the development was just barren ground. And there was one place that was a quarry, um, completely barren, flat. And I used to go there. There was word that it was a very dangerous place because it's an unused quarry and there would be many dangers. But being young and adventurous and crazy, I, I, I would visit there almost every day. And I brought, bring my dog to, to run with her. Because there was barren ground and large expenses of land, we would run together, different things. And one day as we were running, my dog leapt and then landed in what seemed like quicksand. She started sinking and yelping, and I, without thinking, I jumped in also and pushed. Thankfully, it was only up to my chest and not over my head. But I pushed my dog up slowly. I crawled up, lost both my slippers, but thankfully, that was all that we lost. Next day, I, I was wondering how I could have missed seeing this mud quicksand, muddy quicksand. So the next day, I went again. I noticed that it was very, very observable, very obvious. And then I realized we had been blinded by the sun. That at that time we were running, we were unable to see that flatness because we had been blinded temporarily. This momentary blindness almost cost us, cost us our lives. And I wonder too whether blindness could well cost us our lives. In verse 22, the 
Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, the whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This talks about blindness, the inability to see what is dangerous and what is safe. Could it be that for many of us, the bulk of our lives are lived blinded by the glitter of gold that isn't real? Blinded by wealth that isn't real? Could it be that all our lives we have been living, chasing things that would die, that would rot, and missing out on the things that really matter, that give life? Some years ago, I was chatting with a leader of a, a seniors group, and I asked him, what is the main concern for you of this group? And he said, without a pause, knowing God and dying, facing the mortality. And I asked, why? And they said, well, because they really don't know God. They've been in church for years, and they have grown their fortunes, they have done well. But now when they face the mortality, they look back and say, we don't know who God is. We don't know God, and we don't know mortality. And it's a very sobering truth that we often forget. We live our lives happily, um, building our fortunes, getting richer and richer. But we may be walking, jumping into a death trap. Because if all our lives, we were only concerned about building and gaining treasures that don't matter at all, that we can't even bring up, and losing out on treasures that really matter, then we are in great trouble because towards the end of our lives, you think, what have I gotten? What have I known of God? What treasures do I have in heaven? And so this message from Jesus is a very sobering thought, though it looks like just a simple passage, but it is a very sobering thought. Have we been blinded by our pursuits and missed out on the reality or that is the real treasure? Now, please take note, I'm not here to judge and I don't want any of you to judge. I don't want you to think of someone else who has lots of money and someone else who is not simple. I don't want you to feel guilty either because this is not the point of the message. It is a sober warning to each of us individually. What have we been pursuing? Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And my question then is, how often are we worried, very anxious about losing our money, losing our possessions, losing our fortunes? How worried are we of thieves that break in to steal? I visited a friend uh, living in an HDB flat, a corridor flat, where everyone who walks by gets to see the flat. And surprisingly, this person, this friend did not have curtains, did not have window grills, window was always open. And I asked her, aren't you scared that someone will look in and see what possessions you have? And she looked around and said, well, they can watch TV with me, but nothing else they can take. So, and every time I saw neighbours walk by, she would wave and they would wave back. And it was such a carefree, joyful life. Relationships, neighbours who walked in, she could see, they could see her, and they, they formed relationships. And I thought, my goodness, this is the kind of life I would want. Not the kind of life that's cloistered behind gate after gate, where we don't even dare to open a door lest people see what we have inside and covet it. Where gates are open or non-existent, because it is welcoming. How I wish that I could live that way, I wish that we could live this way, where we value welcoming people more than fear 
of people taking our possessions. Once again, I say this not in judgment, but to ask ourselves how afraid are we, how anxious are we that people will take our things, that our possessions will be stolen by thieves. How many of us worry that mates in our house will happily help themselves to our things? It's anxiety-inducing, it's frightening sometimes. How many of us look at our things and realize that they've gone moldy, our handbags that have gone moldy and we worry about it, we rub them and clean them and the next moment we leave them back in the cupboard and several years later we take them out and they're moldy again. The question is not about guilt, the question is about what quality of life we live. If these were the things that concern us, what do we, what sort of life do we have? But let's look a bit further. What do we lose in the process? As I thought of this friend who was living in the corridor flat, I thought we lose connection with our neighbours. I hardly know my neighbours because my doors are always closed and all my neighbours' doors are always closed as well. We live in a gated community in an HDB block. What do we lose in the process? And sometimes it's not just the physical stealing, losing of our money. Sometimes relationships are broken because of wills, because of family fortunes. Because we feel that someone else has taken the fortune that was meant for us. As Jesus said, as it happened in Jesus' time when someone shouted, Lord, tell my brother to give me his, my share of the property. It's a common thing. That we fight each other for possession of our wills and we get angry because someone else got a better share than we do. But what do we lose in the process? We lose a brother, we lose a sister, we lose a parent, we lose a friend. Because what could have been a joyful union of families has now turned into a battlefield. What do we lose in the process? And so when we think about the losses that we have, surely it is a serious thing. Where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But it's not only about individuals, it's about corporate, the church. For many years, I had been going to different churches and I'd been share, asking the same question, is it possible for a church to open its grounds, open its premises for anyone who wants to come in to pray? And looking at the state of all our churches, it's impossible because we've got expensive things, we've got speakers, we've got instruments, we've got AV expensive computers, AV sound systems. How do you allow your church to be open for people to come? Even for a few hours, it's tough because then we need cameras and we need guards and it's, it's tough. And that's a reality of it. But the question is, what was, what is more important? Because I saw that in many churches, people would want to come in and find solace. And if there was ministry for them, a person coming to cry and someone was there to greet them and pray with them, isn't that far more important than losing instruments? Talking about instruments, I, I was in uh, Kentucky, I studied in Kentucky, and over there, we, I went to this church, it was called La Roca, which was called the church, I mean the, the rock. And in that church, it was the most inclusive church, you had drug addicts, prisoners coming in, walking in and out. And between the first service and the second service, the church, the, the band set was carried away. It was really amazing. And then I saw at the offering, 
Instead of having offering bags, people came to the altar and laid their money there, and then the pastor consecrated and said, well, what a wonderful sacramental idea. He said, well, it didn't start that way. It started because as we passed offering bags around, the one behind, the ones behind would empty the bags and keep them for themselves. So how else do we stop people from helping themselves the money? So we said, have it in front and they'll consecrate the money. Now, I'm not saying that we should be irresponsible. That church, La Roca, was not irresponsible. When they lost their drum set, they bought a new one, but decided to chain it up. It worked. They did not stop people from walking in. They simply took precautions to safeguard some of their things. That's common sense. That's safety. But the question is, have we been blind to see that money is, and we see that money is far more important, our treasures are more important than someone else coming in and needing solace, needing a place to pray. When Jesus said then, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, what are some of these precious treasures? Well, we already mentioned some. Relationships. Relationships that will last through eternity. For every friendship that is forged, for every act of love, think of it, especially for the teachers, you know what it's like. You teach for 30 years and you've got students running up to you when you are in your 80s and thanking you because you touched their lives. It really matters and you know it really matters. That those whose lives you have touched never forget you. They last throughout their lives and they probably will last through eternity. That every life that you touch comes back to be grateful to you and comes back to forge a relationship with you because of the love you have shown. But our blindness tells us otherwise. Our blindness tells us that money is so much more important. Our valuables are so much important and lives are dispensable. Rather keep our furniture and keep everything intact than to allow someone in need to come and be ministered to. But these are the treasures that are important. These are the treasures that no thief can steal, no vermin can destroy. You know, there is something far more important than even the relationships, and that is God himself. We often hear this, that God is the source of our joy. God is everything to us. And yet, how often do we believe that really? That when we seek God out of within us will flow pour out rivers of living water. We hear that often in sermons. Do we seek that? Or do, have we given up hope on it? That anyone who seeks, and you know the word seek isn't a casual leftover time like I do my quiet time. And you know the reality is when we say read the Bible, many of us say no time, eh? cannot read. But does it reflect something about what we see with our eyes? The treasure which is the treasure. Because if you really longed to know God, long for the presence of God, long for the rivers of living water that comes out from within you and flows out. Have you thought of it? When you wake up in the morning, what fills you? Is it dread of the day? Is it anxieties? Is it a heavy feeling? Or is it a lightness, that, a joy that wells up? An enthusiasm for God that says, God, thank you. You love me so much. And then running to see some more evidence of how much God loves us, opening the Bible and seeing how much does God love me? And reading in the Bible, not a set of rules, but as a love letter from God. You know, we could read the Bible in many ways. We could read it as a set of laws that make you feel very, very down 
and guilty and ashamed. Or when we read it with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we see that the whole Bible is about God's love for us, how we fail and how God still picks us up, how we feel down and God lifts us up. Now, if that is how you think and you see of God, then the enthusiasm will change. Then reading the Bible will not be just boring thing of, well, let's get over with it, 15 minutes um, reading the Bible. But rather will be a hunger, a desperation to know more. God, I want you to fill me. I want to know you. Because God is the source of our joy. And if we have been blinded and unable to see that, then God is one big boring book that lies on a shelf. I'd like to close with this story then because it says here no one because at the end of the day is finding a treasure that really matters well one day I um, I was doing going to do a Bible study with um, in prison and I expected a big class but that day no one turned up except one man and so I wanted to cancel the class but I decided cannot love because if God puts me there puts him there, then surely he got to do something. So he sat down one-on-one. -on -one. And this man was very eloquent. He spoke perfect English. He seemed very well informed, very educated, and I was curious. So I asked him, how did you get all this education? He said, in prison, I spent almost my entire life since I was a young teenager. In my lower teens, I've been in prison. In, out, in, out. The problem with drugs. And this guy had a special knack for finding drugs. The moment he left prison, he knew where the drugs were. When he went to a halfway house, he knew how to get drugs into the halfway house. I mean, he was a pain to all halfway house leaders because he broke every shield, broke every guard. He knew exactly how to get drugs into every halfway house that he went to. In the process, his education, he lost his education. He got married and lost his wife. He, got, he was given a house, inherited house, he lost the house. His life was in complete shambles. And yet he said, I cannot get out of drugs. Drugs was more powerful than my wife. Drugs was more desirable than anything that I've ever wanted. And so when I get out, the moment I step out of prison, I'll be back on drugs again. I cannot get out of it. So I began and talked to him about the Samaritan woman by the well um, in John chapter 4. Talked about this woman who had been married many times, a hunger in her, and then what Jesus said, that Jesus said that the water that you drink, you will thirst again, but the water that I give you, you will never thirst again, for out of you will flow streams of water that will last through eternity. And I said there is a hope a joy, a life that will spring from you when you find that love. And then he, he started tearing and said, perhaps I may have found the love that is more important than my love for drugs. I may have found a love that is more important than anything else. And that's the love we talk about. The real love, not, not routine Christianity, but the love that comes from deep within you, a love that you know is there, that every morning you wake up and you feel loved by your Father, isn't that the love that we long for? And so the question is, and the prayer is this, and I'm not asking you to get rid of all your money and all your clothes. I mean, if we did that, we all die because we're not used to it. But let's begin by praying, God, open my eyes. Because it starts with having our eyes healed, 
Jesus says that the eyes are the light, the lamp of the body. If the light is real, it's good, and there is light coming in, and we see the things that are worth, we see what it means to know God intimately, we see what it means to build relationships, we see how valuable it is to help another in trouble, where these things matter far more to us than our possessions. When our eyes are healed, then we will change automatically. It's not a set of rules that will make you feel guilty, that coerce you to do anything that you don't want to. But let's start by praying together, God, heal my eyes. That the light that comes in through my eyes into my heart will indeed be the light that is from you. And then we will know that we live our lives not in vain, not wasted lives, but we live our lives for that which is truly valuable. We become slaves of money when you think about it, the fear that we carry with us, the anxiety over our possessions. How would you like a life that is filled with freedom? Where losing money isn't the biggest thing, biggest problem in our lives. Reaching out to a person in need, showing hospitality, caring for another, becomes far, far more important. Let us pray. Father, many of us, all of us live in blindness. The light that shines through our eyes often darkens us more and we fail to see that which is precious. We see mostly that which is useless. And that which is useless, Lord, causes us even great pain now, not even in eternity. It brings us so much anguish and anxiety. It breaks our relationships. It causes us to be suspicious of each other. It causes us to resent and hate each other. And to see each other with eyes that are not filled with love. Because, God, we have been blind. We have seen the wrong things. And so, God, we ask by your Holy Spirit, Heal us, heal each of us. Cause us to see clearly that which matters the most. Cause us to see the relationships that could be forged, the people who could be ministered to, the, the lives that could find meaning because we see correctly and we see that which is important. Cause us, Lord, to see what it means when you say that out from within us will flow rivers of living water. And then make us long for it. Make us long for those rivers of living water that flow from within us. The waking up early in the morning, because not because we force ourselves, but because we're just excited about living, excited that you love us, excited that it's another day when we experience your love. Father, let these things be reality to us. But first, Lord, let this yearning be within us, that we may yearn for you, the treasure all treasures, the treasure, the love that excels and exceeds all other loves. Help us, Lord, to long for this, to long for the repair of relationships that have been damaged because of our love for money and our suspicion of each other. Help us, Lord, to long, to trust, and to rest in you, and to th do the things that are most important and value the things that really matter. We ask this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Church, let's rise.